You're listening to the free preview episode of On Belief, a podcast about cults by Karen Geyer. To hear the entire episode, go to patreon.com forward slash Karen Geyer, K-A-R-E-N-G-E-I-E-R, and sign up. It's only $5 for the entire series. This is On Belief, a podcast about cults by Karen Geyer. Episode 9, FLDS, Part 2. Last week on On Belief, I spoke to Brenda Nicholson about her incredible story in and out of FLDS in Short Creek. This week, I'm featuring the personal stories of two other incredible women. Leona Bateman, who left the FLDS a mere five years ago and who is now the head of the Creekers Foundation, which helps ex-FLDS women and women at risk get the tools and skills that they need for a better life, and Brielle Decker-Blanchard, who is one of Warren Jeff's ex-wives. Brielle was one of the founders of the Short Creek Dream Center, an organization dedicated to helping ex-FLDS families thrive. The Short Creek Dream Center is in a building that was once one of Warren Jeff's homes and still bears the phrase, pray and obey, on the wall. Too often, stories of FLDS are played for sensationalism. The stories of women leaving, experiencing a hard landing, but using every skill they have to build a new life aren't heard. That's going to change today. Here now is Episode 9 of On Belief, FLDS Part 2. Just like my guest last week, Leona Bateman lived in Short Creek under Warren Jeff's rule. She's here to talk about leaving the FLDS and what she did next. Welcome, Leona. Leona, what can you tell us about what it was like to grow up in the FLDS as a woman? Um, basically, you don't know any different. So you're born and, and raised in quite a secluded lifestyle. Um, uh, women are definitely subservient to men. Uh, men are considered patriarchal and they run the families. Um, most situations are not too bad other than they believe in polygamy. When you enter into that at a, a little older age, it's not all roses for everyone, as you can imagine. Mm-hmm. But our slogan basically is perfect obedience produces perfect faith. And most of us go through keep sweet training. And the reason why we do that is so that under circumstances where you don't want to be obedient, you can just learn to be sweet. (laughs) For those who aren't familiar, can you please explain what keep sweet means? The keep sweet training is something that was brought in by Warren Jeffs, actually. It wasn't necessarily taught when I was little under other prophets. When I was, before Warren Jeffs came, the, the religion that I came from was basic Mormonism other than ad polygamy. Okay. So um, Warren brought in extreme strict rules. He brought in the keep sweet training. He brought in the perfect obedience. He brought in the one man rule, which is why we were even able to be led astray because he took away the council. Um, he also led the people saying that this was the the millennium and so it made the people work harder to bring in the millennium because the more obedient we became uh he taught that it would bring it in and the world would have a thousand years of peace 
And so from that, it it was sort of like holding a carrot in front of a, a lot of really good people that yeah. wanted wanted the world to be a better place, really. So right. from one thing to another, we were just kind of led, we were very deceived, but led into very strict environment. It was strict when I was little, but it was 10 times as strict. Mm-hmm. So he took, away, he took away birthdays, he took away holidays, he took away toys, he took away marital relations. Um, if you weren't perfectly obedient, he would take your husband away, your family away, your children away. And even today, there's a, probably over 300 children still missing, if not more, that the church has. Many of the women do not feel good enough to even have their children back because he'd take their children and and rather than physically abusing the women he would mentally abuse them and make them feel like they were not worthy to even have their own children and so even though many of them today have been abandoned by the church they haven't gone back and fought for their children because they don't feel worthy right we were actually told that if we came back and fought for our children that there would be blood on our skirts meaning that we would be causing eternal death to ourselves and our children. Do you get the impression that those children were being told on the other side that their that their parents were going to perdition or that uh, their parents were wicked? Definitely. The few mothers that have gone back and, and gathered up their children and had the law help them, and some of them even have done it on their own, have dealt with tremendous um healing uh, healing process and counseling and stuff with these kids because they hate their mothers when they leave they think they're gonna have them destroyed and they think the tv is wicked they think um you know anything worldly basically is wicked there's we have many stories of what these kids have done to their to their mothers for the first like maybe year out and then they you know start realizing the truth but Right. It is a horrifying process, honestly. So what kind of opportunities did FLDS women have when you were growing up? Were you able to go to college? Were you able to work outside of the home? Well, most women are married young, so they miss out on that opportunity anyway. My, I'm, uh, myself, I was married at 16. My husband was 17. So if they do want to go through the process of college or anything like that, they've got to get permission from their husbands. They've got to get permission from the priesthood and before Warren Jeffs came there were a few but generally they let the men very few women they obviously needed some women groomed to keep the the religion going or the cult or whatever you want to call it Mm -hmm. and so they would let a lot of nurses midwives and that type that they thought they they would need for themselves right but just to go out and pursue something that you wanted to do was almost unheard of okay and honestly still is today right so for a woman to get an education is only if they need you in the religion, really, to, to grow their little cult. Right. So what were the day-to-day choices like for FLDS women? Were you able to make choices only about your own household? How did that work? Um, if you're not living polygamy, you can manage your own household. If you are living polygamy, it's ran exactly like a business. There's a you know, everybody has specific jobs that they do every day. Um, they know what they are. They rotate. The moms rotate for cooking. They rotate for time with their husband. They rotate 
with the car. They rotate almost everything, really. Everything is shared. Um, the ones that are not live employee may have a little more freedom, but then again, that depends on the husband too. A right. lot of the husbands are very controlling, and then there's a few that are not. So the household's not living in polygamy. Is that a choice that the husband made, or is that a choice that the leadership made? Most of them just uh, were, in a sense, waiting for it, not worthy of it okay. yet. You know, maybe the man didn't have his wife under enough control, or maybe he was wild himself. You know, right? So certain situations like that. Something that doesn't get a lot of media coverage about FLDS is that almost every aspect of your life was controlled and that even something as simple as socialization with your neighbors was curtailed. Can you tell me about that? Uh, about seven to eight years before I left, which is five years ago. So, you know, the last 15 years, the women were actually banned from socializing from each other. Okay. So, uh, when I started the girlfriend club, a lot of the reasons why I started it is to reconnect with women that I saw every day that I couldn't socialize with. I'd just see them in the store or, or in church, you know, in passing, but we weren't allowed to socialize because Warren was trying to keep secret what was going on and not let us whisper amongst each other what was going on. Right. So even in our own homes where there was, you know, 20 wives in some of the homes, they weren't allowed to sit and socialize. They, we had to work. So did anyone ever break that rule? And if they did, what was the punishment? My mom. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't know why I'm outspoken. I probably got it from my mom. So my mom got called into the bishop's office for because she was an older woman and she lived in uh, like some apartment buildings where older women lived that weren't married. Okay. And... So they would come together out of their apartments and socialize because they obviously didn't have a big family. And she got called into the bishop's office and threatened to be kicked out for socializing too much. And not many women talk back, but she talked back. <laughs> oh, my goodness. My mom was actually married to the mayor and turned back in to the church for disobedience. Oh, my um, God. She's a good woman. My mom's a very faithful woman, but she speaks for what she feels like is right. So what other kinds of things could you get in trouble for? Uh, basically for cutting your hair, wearing makeup, socializing, celebrating, vacationing, um, disobeying your husband. Uh, pretty much anything that weren't on the job list. <laughs> no, no. Some of us, like myself, who I grew up in a polygamous home but I never lived polygamy. Okay. I um, had a little more freedom than a lot of my friends did. But basically, I prayed every day to be obedient because that's how I was going to make it to heaven. I always felt like I weren't good enough because I have a big mouth and I have a hard time being obedient. Right. But, but that was my ultimate goal is to learn that. So every day I would practice that. Okay. And it, 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 my goal, really, and all women's goal in the FLDS is to please their husband. And that's why they can be led astray so easily, is if he tells them to do something wicked or insane, they'll do it anyway. Can you tell me about the switch to the one-man rule under Warren Jeffs? What is that? Okay. So in the Mormon church, there's a council of 12, and in, even in our 
religion there was when I was little. And I don't know who brought in the doctrine of the one man rule, but they decided to live it. And Warren took it from there. And the one man rule basically is he speaks for God. And so the people are taught that whatever he says, it's the same as God. Even what comes out of prison today from Warren Jeffs, the people that are still faithful believe that it's God speaking. And they believe the only reason why he's still in jail right now is they're not good enough for him to be released. He's playing the Jesus role. Um, basically, he's being persecuted because the people are not obedient enough. Mm-hmm. And they believe that when they become obedient enough, it'll bring in the millennium. He'll be released from prison. And and that's why he even has the small following that he even has today is that little promise right. of, of a better life for their children. You know, so. And myself, my son was kicked out at 15, which I think one of the hardest trials that you go through being FLDS is if someone becomes disobedient or gets kicked out, which by the way, comes all the time. It's not uncommon to be kicked out if you're not obedient. I've had sisters who've been, or friends and sisters who have been kicked out from being disobedient, who have lost their children, never got to rejoin them until they were older, and, or even at all, some of them. Mm-hmm. And we're taught to disfellowship them and have nothing to do with them. Mm-hmm. So my oldest son was kicked out at 15 and we left about 15 years ago and he had never even met some of his little brothers and sisters. And I still am just barely reconnecting to some degree. A lot of my family members that I don't even know that left years ago when Warren first took over quite a, quite a few people left at that time when it started getting strict, but that's when we were told not to watch the news, not to read any books, but priesthood books and not to have anything to do with worldly people or apostates which is someone that, that has been disfellowshipped from church. And so that kind of kept us in seclusion of what was really going on. And that's, that's still happening. If the people could watch the news and see the evidence, they, they wouldn't have a church. So Warren Jeffs really tried to instigate a totalitarian rule, especially over women. So a lot of people may be familiar with the hairstyles and the pastel colors, but those were rules. Those weren't just suggestions. Can you tell us about that? We had to wear pastel colors. They had to be homemade. They had to be made by our own hands. Um, The rules were really very extreme, but he didn't throw them all on us at once. Okay. Yep. About every six months we got a new rule. If you had any question about what Warren Jess was doing, you were, you would be expelled out of the church and kicked out. I mean, there was women that went to the, to the prophet really just for help on what should I do? My husband's kind of not believing this or that. And the next thing they knew is they didn't have a husband. And they, uh, when this first started happening, they started kicking people out. The women thought their husband would go for a month and be back and he'd just be a better man but when they started never coming back people started just getting discouraged and realized that it's it's fraud you know right i mean and there's mothers a lot of them looking for their children right now when you left did you leave with your husband 
Yes, my oh. husband actually knew that something was up because I started a new U United Order, which basically started him picking um, people who he thought was perfectly obedient and he'd let them go into the U United Order. And in the United Order, you turned everything you owned in. And so my husband obviously was closer to the what was going on because he was a businessman. Mm-hmm. And he told me he left in his heart three years before he ever even dared tell me. And one night he says, I'm leaving with or without you, but I really would love to keep the family together and have you and family come, you know. For more on this episode, including the rest of the interview, bonus episodes, and bonus material, including production notes, head over to patreon.com forward slash K-A-R-E-N-G-E-I-E-R. You can find Unbelief on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. And you can visit the website at onbelief.com.